brought to you by Bob's Tube Checks Pizza World. Unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. Chance, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. It's good to be recording in the same room. Mm-hmm. We got some Sonic drinks. Back at it again. It's America's drive-in. It is, and Oklahoma's drive-in, because we're in Oklahoma, and so are, that's where they're from. Uh-huh. We had it in Massachusetts. Yeah, I think it's pretty much everywhere. My parents have it in Bismarck. Actually, only one of my parents lives in Bismarck. We don't really need to go into that. Let's go on. (laughs) This is the running theme. We never need to go into anything dealing with Chance's family. Um, True. But yes, so we've got some Sonic drinks. We've got some notes in front of us. We've got Audacity recording. I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. Belly's full. We just, we celebrated Mother's Day with my family yesterday. And uh, so we had the leftovers tonight. Ooh, fun. good. Um, I watched these two episodes and got really hungry for pizza because it is a heavily featured item in both. So I ordered from a local pizza place because in the middle of a pandemic, those local restaurants need your business. Shop local, everybody. It's true. Not so. <laughs> we're doing a little of both. Yeah, we're doing a little bit of both. I mean, Sonic needs your help too. I guess. They're all right. All right. Yeah. So here we are, episode seven. It's true. I didn't do anything wacky for the beginning this time. Last yeah. week we had ice cream. The week before that, I think we also had ice cream. Well, not the week before that because that was the dark episode. The dark episode. We did not have ice cream. And it sounded like we didn't have a good time. But... <laughs> I think we had a good time. It was fun. When I was editing, there was quite a bit of laughter. Yeah, none of it was forced. Yeah, I mean, it was our dark episode, and that's fine. We hope you guys are still with us and didn't think, oh, these guys lost the magic. Suck. Because we've listened to last week's episode, and we haven't lost the magic. It's back. We're back, baby. Better than ever. Back and better than ever. All right, so let's just dive right in. Um, This week we are looking at episode 112, Once in Love with Amy. And 113, Risky Business. Do you want to give us a rundown of Once in Love with Amy? Yeah, so episode 112, Once in Love with Amy. Um, Let me think. It is a episode about lies (laughs) where Feeney, for some reason, asks his students a problem that they can't solve. And then through... Oh, wait, is that the next episode? Nope, that's this one. Okay. I was... I I, I had a panic moment, but yes. So Feeney asks his students uh, to solve a problem that they can't solve and Corey's parents are lying to him and Eric to get some time alone and somehow those two things are supposed to correlate at the end. Let's talk about if it works. <clears throat> we'll see. Probably doesn't. Usually doesn't if there's a theme happening here. But yes. Yeah. Thank you. That was beautiful. So Cameron, I'm a little I'm a little nostalgic. Uh-huh. I'm a little I'm a little emotional. Why? This is weird. This is the back 11. We have done half of this season. Oh. This is the start of the back 11. We're downhill from here. Yeah, it's it's done. We're we're going to screw it all up. The the fame and success of our almost a thousand downloads is going to go to our heads. I'd say it already has. This is the start of our E True Hollywood Story special. Yes. Whatever happened to Boy Meets World Fever? They had a episode about an affair and everything just it went bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to start off by talking about the title of this episode, Once in Love with Amy. Uh-huh. Because it is a song reference. It like is? Boys to Menza or Grandma Was a Rolling Stone. Uh-huh. Um, and I was familiar with the song that Dean Martin sings, Once in Love with Amy. Uh-huh. But I did some research. He is not the originator of this. It is the like big ballad or the big song of a Broadway musical called Where's Charlie? Have huh. you ever heard of Where's Charlie? I have not <laughs> ever heard of Where's Charlie. 
Apparently, in the 1940s, it was real big, and then it just kind of disappeared. But Once in Love with Amy was sung by Dean Martin. It was sung by Frank Sinatra. The Muppets sing it at one point. (laughs) This is a big song. I never heard of it. Yeah, I had no idea. I was wondering, oh, why is this song Why is this song a reference to a Dean Martin song? And I just went through down a rabbit hole that was mm, very it a interesting. Good song? Did you listen to it? Yeah. I mean, I've heard it several times. I have a bit of a crooner phase I go into from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's how you knew it was a song. But yeah. I didn't know. So I was just like, that's an interesting title. So I knew that it was a song that Dean Martin sang. But yeah, I just thought that was really interesting that it's like this song... That's sort of kind of famous from a musical that's even less famous that actually had like 729 showings. So it was a pretty big that's deal. A, that's like two years. Yeah, they did. They did a lot of showings in 1948. So mm. anyway, that's what the title is a reference to. Another music title that has nothing to do with the episode. No, but I mean, yeah, you're right. It really doesn't have much to do with anything. I guess maybe there's suspicions of what's going on. Yes. But yeah, pretty much no. But anyway, that's the most notes I've ever taken about an episode before, before it even we started. even start. Good for you. Look at us. Giving you guys Episode the... one, uh, 112 on the back end, still keeping it fresh. If you've seen Where's Charlie, or if you... Know what it is at all. Know what it is at all. Tell us how it is. Maybe we should watch it. One of our listeners' name is Charlie. Hey, Charlie. How you doing? <laughs> yes. Nice to nice to see you. We know where you are. We just don't know about this musical. Anyway, what do you what start us off, Cameron? All right, so we open sort of a standard busy morning in the Matthews home. Eric is trying to uh, get a date, but it's not going well for him at all. Like he does he call her the wrong name? Something. Both both of these episodes have Eric's main role is girl problems because he's like playing the field too much, but not like real girl problems it's more like this is the background of who his character is Mm -hmm. is this girl problem right and so we have that and Corey's doing a lot of stuff morgan's not coming down and then amy swoops in and it's just like super mom Mm -hmm. just here's this take care of this doing everything alan's trying to give her a flower and it's just not get a hug get a hug get a flower get a Mm -hmm. pulse it's not working that was an earlier episode had yes. nothing to do with this right now, but it just was in there. Well, I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. Did you did you have mornings like this growing up? I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that I didn't. No. Um, I feel like when I was in elementary school, like through sixth grade, so like Corey's age, my mom was a teacher, but she taught like half an hour away in another town. And so she would leave really early to get to school. This is going to sound really funny, but we raised pigs, like show pigs. And so in the mornings, we would get up and go feed the pigs and go walk the pigs and go take care of them and then come home, eat some breakfast. How did I not know that you raised show pigs? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. This is a vital part of who I am as a person, Chance. Your, your, your show pig past. Yes. Okay. He's been hiding it from me. He's deeply ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed. But Does your wife even know? Um, I think so. I honestly don't even think about it. This is the first time I've thought about it in probably years. Okay. So in elementary school, you come to home take and pigs. like eat breakfast and maybe watch Beast Wars or whatever was on at super early in the morning and then go to school. But it was, we lived really close to the school. So we either like my sister and I would walk or my dad would drive us. He worked right next door to our house. So why not? What else is he going to do? Mm-hmm. Your dad was a hospice chaplain? Oh, he was a pastor at this point. So oh, okay. we lived next door to the church. Was it like a parish? Uh-huh. Um, parsonage. Parsonage. <clears throat> yeah. What's a parish? 
Eh, it doesn't matter. A county in Louisiana. Fair enough. Asked and answered. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so I didn't have mornings like this either. I, w- I guess I was supposed to be self-motivated in the mornings. Um, How'd that never work out really for you? did breakfast at all. Mm-hmm. I remember even in junior high, like, my mom then, we were in a new town, and we my mom worked at the same school that I went to, and, like, we would just get up independently, eat some breakfast, watch the Today Show, like, the first 10, 15 minutes of the news, head off to school. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I would always, I always hated being rushed to things, so I would get mm-hmm. up really early and watch, like, Mac. Steel or something. Remember that show? Whatever happened to that show? Anyway, doesn't matter. Oh, it does. I would get up early. I would watch like Max Steel or something like that. And I would normally not even eat breakfast. If I did, it was a Pop-Tart. Mm-hmm. Then I would go to school. Love a good Pop-Tart. Sounds like fun. I mean, I don't ever remember like, Mom, I need this. Dad, I need this. Mom, I need this. Dad, I need this. Chance is the type where he would just forge their signatures. I'm sure. I mean, we've already talked about me forging my parents' signatures at one point. <laughs> So you may not be fully wrong. Yeah. But yeah, so that's all going on and we just see like Amy kind of crushing it. Yeah. She's um, she's being super bomb. I think uh-huh. you said it best. Yeah. But Alan's trying to like just have a moment of connection, I guess, before the day starts and it just doesn't happen. He stole one of Feeny's flowers. Mm-hmm. But that. it was on their side of the fence. So. Monster. He counts them. Feeny counts them. But his number was up. Yeah. According so. to Alan. And then uh, it ends with everyone leaving and poor <laughs> Morgan being forgotten. <laughs> She tries to eat her oatmeal and it's just this. The whole time, Amy's like, your oatmeal's going to be cold. Your oatmeal's going to be cold. And then Morgan gets down and tries to pull the spoon. The whole thing is just attached. Yeah, it's like, like a bowl together. Shape, which, it happens. I Def- thought it was really funny. I thought it was pretty funny too. Um, My question is, I guess Morgan's got to be in school, right? Did we determine how old she was? I think she's five. Five? At this point, if she was five, she might be in kindergarten. But pre-K wasn't really a thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was just watching. I was like, okay, Corey's going to grade school. Eric's going to high school. Alan's going to work. And Amy's going to show a house Mm -hmm. or close a contract or something. It did sound like a carpool was there to get Morgan. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe she was going to daycare or school or something. Something. But I was... I was sitting there thinking, where is, what, what happens to Morgan during this day? <laughs> Not important. Yeah. Who, who knows what happens to Morgan? Then we have the wonderful theme song. Mm-hmm. I listened to it for the first time since we got back from our hiatus. Good. Uh, it's still, you're right, still a bop. It's very good. It's a great theme song. Um, we should use it for our podcast. Oh, wait. We already, already do. do. Boom. And then we are in the... In the classroom. In the classroom. Oh, I do have a note. Poor Judy. Why they gotta make fun of her acne like that? Yeah, Judy. We never see Judy. Don't know who she is, but... No, but calling her the queen of zits, I had bad acne growing up. I think a lot of kids do. I mean, come on. Come on. Leave, leave Judy alone. Judy deserves better. Justice for Judy. Justice for Judy. J-O-J. J-F-J. You're right. <laughs> Justice on Judy. Justice on Justice Judy. over Judy. No, that doesn't work. We don't have any real injustices going on in the world, like a kid being shot while he was exercising and no one getting arrested. So justice for Judy. Yes, that's what we should focus on. Um, yeah, but then they're in class. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Judy. You got the short end of the stick. Yes. Um, but they're in class and Mr. Feeney poses them this math problem where Al can wash a car in six minutes and Fred can wash a car in eight minutes. How long would it take them to wash the car together? Yep. So Corey averages it. Mm-hmm. Seven. Seven, which, I mean, that's a solid way to try to figure out the problem. It's bad. Well, but I'm just saying. If you think about it, it's bad. Minkus has his answer, mm-hmm. and he does all the calculations. Turns out he's wrong, too. Yep. And then Topanga channels the... Uh, 
mathematician who originally, originally solved, solved the problem. problem. Ancient Egyptian mathematician, she said. Yeah, who um, solved the problem about a car wash. Yeah, but you know. Maybe it was a chariot wash. wash back then. I like how we had that <laughs> thought at the same time. That was yes. not an editing trick. Or was it? No, it wasn't. I was going to, I was hoping you would say it at the same time. So I could. <laughs> <laughs> we failed. Or what? No, it still didn't work. Um, and she ends up getting it right. Mm-hmm. And the show never takes the time to answer this question for us. We know Topanga's right, but they never tell us the answer. Oh, they do at the end. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Wait, the answer is that there is no answer. There is an answer. What's the answer? We gotta figure it out. Wait, no, the whole point is that life is unpredictable and you can't... That doesn't make sense. What are you if talking Al, about? If Al can do it in six minutes and Fred can do it in eight minutes, there is a specific amount of time it should take them, if that is their car washing speed, to wash a car together. Wait. I understand the message the show's trying to take, but how did Topanga get the right answer if there is no right answer? I think she probably wrote down there is no right answer. But there has to be a right answer. I was like looking it up. Wait, you are showing your minkus so rough at this point. <laughs> But Minkus was wrong because okay. if Al can do it in six and Fred can do it in eight, even if like Fred washes half a car, he does it in four minutes. The time has to be less than four minutes. Al can wash the car in six minutes. That means half of the car is three minutes. So somewhere between three and four minutes is the right answer, which is why Minkus was wrong. Because he comes at it saying, Fred, Fred is going to slow Al down, but Al's going to speed Fred up. That's irrelevant. Somewhere between that three and four minutes. I don't know how to do that math because I don't teach math anymore. And we never taught this problem, but the answer has to be there. It has to be there. I tried to Google it. I think I saw an answer, but I wanted to try to get it together, but Chance isn't going for it. What a punk. Let me just see. I'm just so shocked because, I mean, the show has an answer. (laughs) The show is wrong. I mean, what if Fred and Al talk for a little while? What if, you know, they don't get along and they mess each other up? Here we go. So their total washing rate per... Hmm. So Al's washing the car in six minutes. That means between the two of them... Hold on. This doesn't make sense. This says three and three-sevenths of a minute to wash one car together. Okay. That's what Google is saying. I mean, I guess if we want to take it that they wash the car the same way every time, which is not the spirit of the episode, I'm going to throw that in again. But if that's the spirit... But if we're going to say that they wash cars at the same rate every single time, then you're right. It has to be. It has to be between three and four. Okay. I don't know. So how here's to do what that. it is. If he takes six minutes, that means he washes one sixth of the car every minute. In a minute, he's washed one sixth of the car, and Fred's washed one eighth of the car every minute. So if then we add those fractions together, let's do a little math. Those that's twenty four is yeah, the common 24. denominator. So that is three twenty three twenty fourths plus four twenty fourths. No? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That gives us seven twenty fourths. So in a minute they wash seven twenty fourths of the car. So take twenty four and divide it by seven. Twenty four divided by seven. This is what phones are. For. Yeah, three in some point. Twenty four divided by seven. Three minutes. And then 42.42 of a minute. So 60 times 0.42, 25 seconds, three minutes, 25 and two tenths of a second. It's how long it should take them to wash the car. Okay. The show doesn't give us that satisfaction of a math problem well done. Because it wasn't a math problem, it was a life problem. Life problems are just math problems you haven't figured out the answer to, Chance. Hate to break it to you. I, I'm so flummoxed. I'm so flummoxed that Cameron is taking hyperlogical. <laughs> 
route, and I'm the one talking about the spirit of the math problem. I'm just saying, if don't give us a problem that has a clear right answer and say this problem has no correct answer. But Feeney's whole point is it does have a have no clear right answer. It does have a clear right answer. No, because it's three minutes and twenty five seconds. But Feeney's whole point is just because they wash the car that way once doesn't mean they're gonna wash the car that way every time. No. No, no. We've already established Feeney's a bad teacher, and this just settles it. I mean, I am not going to give Feeney too much credit here, because I don't know why this whole scene is entirely focused on Feeney and Corey with everybody else in the background. Which That's is how they usually are. I mean, yes, but this one's, like, extra egregious. Um, just because, like, it doesn't matter what the rest of the class thinks. Corey needs to figure out yeah. his problem. He's the one meeting the world. It's not class meets world. It's It's boy meets world. And we met the boy. So, you're right. Feeney still has not redeemed himself as a good teacher in our eyes, but... This settles it. Okay. Well, there. I guess there are two answers. There's the Topanga answer. There is the right answer, and then there's the right answer. Which, someone saying there is no right answer is exactly (laughs) kind of lame brain things that we don't need. That's a bad energy. That's a bad energy. Okay. Well, this is a tangent I never thought this would go. I don't know why Minkus didn't get that. Minkus sure they got. Yeah, his whole thing about 25% slower. I, I guess it could work. I don't really know. Minkus gets it wrong, and he is devastated. He is devastated. Topanga gets it right. I do have... So this again brought up the question, why is Minkus not at this nerd school? If he is like so smart and even Mr. Feeney's like, you understand the law of averages better than I do. This was bound to happen eventually. He would be wrong. But uh, yeah, I, I would think that he would already know. Like he should already be at this nerd school that Corey was supposed to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Even he comes in later. Another A, Mr. Minkus. The right answer, Very good, Mr. Minkus. Mr. Minkus. So... <laughs> Um, also, when Topanga growls at Corey, one of the extras in the background of the class, like her face is so funny. Just like, <gasps> just like this shocked, but having such a great time, just like enjoyment. I just want to, I want to have her to have a show. You want her to have a show? Uh-huh. Wait, maybe Girl Meets World is her show. I don't think so. We haven't gotten there yet. We don't know. <laughs> Even though we've seen it before. Gurmy's world runs synchronous with Boy Meets World, and it's about that girl that sits in the other part of the class. She was so traumatized by Topanga's roar that she just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So right after Topanga did that, I wrote Topanga MVP question mark, and I don't want to spoil it, but I've got three MVP question marks in this episode, which normally I feel like there's a pretty, pretty standout. Clear. So we're gonna have to talk about that at the end. But I thought that was. Her growling was mm-hmm. very funny. Let's see. What's next? Um, so then they're at their house. Yes. Then they're at their house and Minkus shows <clears throat> Minkus up. Minkus shows up completely disheveled. Yes. Because he has got this answer wrong. He just cannot cope. So that's a problem. Like, Minkus needs to build a little resilience. Like him being right all the time. He was going to crash eventually anyway if this is the way that he handles defeat. I don't know. You grew up pretty well with your Fred and Al problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it right. So... Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, I thought that this scene with Corey and Sean being just so in awe of Minkus being wrong mm-hmm. and Minkus coming in disheveled, I thought this was such a funny scene. It was so funny. Just like, yes, Mr. Minkus. That's right, Mr. Minkus. Another A, Mr. Minkus, like you already said. Another A for Mr. Minkus. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I thought that was so funny. The, the, the wardrobe they put him in uh-huh. was so funny. Lots of layers. Again, lots of just layers. so they could be extra disheveled. So this was my second. I said Minkus MVP question mark. So uh-huh. I 
I got a question. And then he says um, that he is a brainless, pathetic moron. And then Sean says, it's not so bad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is so funny. But then they bring it back in probably my favorite joke in the entire episode where Minkus goes, what's become of me? And Sean goes, you're a brainless, pathetic moron. I thought we covered this. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Again, killer joke. Mm -hmm. Killer joke. I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it too. Just top to bottom. But we'll get to that because we're not there yet. Yep. But then... The scene though. The scene. The scene is very good. But then the threads, kind of the... I don't know what I'm even talking about with threads. The events of the episode start to come together. Yep. Um, where Amy's going bowling, which was established in the opening that it was her bowling night. Uh, but Sean's like, bowling ended six weeks ago. Like, what's going on? And then they check her bowling bag because he's like, why would she be carrying around this heavy bowling ball? The bag is super light, has some heels and a black sparkly dress inside. And they're like, oh no, like our mom is lying going off. Yes. Though Eric is great in this scene be saying, this means mom's going to be flashing a lot of leg while she's picking up that 710 split. <laughs> I also like, who is she seeing? It's like, maybe mom's dating a senior. I mean, everybody else is. Yes. Oh, woe is Eric. He's not a senior. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, what is... Yeah, that's really all that happens, though. They uh-huh. they see the bag. Uh, Amy does the worst job of pretending it's heavy. Mm-hmm. Leaves, and they've got to figure out what to do next. Yeah. They also find the name of the restaurant. Oh, yeah. It's like La Bougia. Yeah. What so, a great name for a fancy restaurant. The La Bougie. <laughs> bougie. Bougie restaurant. That's very prescient. Bougie is a very, like, it's a word the kids are using these days. Uh-huh. I'm going to open a restaurant here in our town. Bougie. The Bouge. Bouge. And then uh, Corey's, Corey's dad. Um, I'm forgetting his name. Amuse Bouche. <laughs> Amuse Bouge. Bouge. Uh, um, I don't know why we're doing this. It's just this. fun to say. Bouge. That's why the kids say it. Maybe. Uh, we do have two large Sonic drinks, so we are that quite ZH sound bougie. Is, um, it's just not common in English. It's true. Anyway, Alan comes in. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving every second of this in. Um, Alan comes in, and Corey tells him he'll need $100 for the pizza. Uh-huh. He gives him a 20 He's like, cool. So like copious amounts of change. Uh, on the pizza that I bought tonight, I spent more than 20 bucks. So Talk about bougie. <laughs> talk about bougie or talk about the price of pizza going up. Uh-huh. Inflation, right? I'm saying. Man, that's not it's inflation. It's going to be $100 before we know it in this economy. In this economy? But really, it's not that great right now. Um, yeah, well, I mean, global pandemic and all that. Anyway, so I wrote down the question that I think is answered by the episode. But why are they lying? Why not just like, oh, we've got a date? It's Again, it's answered by the episode. But I agreed. But we can talk more with that when everything comes out in the open. But yes, Alan's off to his manager's meeting. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> Alan's off to a manager's Wink. meeting. Wink. Wink. Um, Eric and Corey are babysitting Morgan with Sean. Mm-hmm. I have the line. I have it written down. This is not Morgan's best line read. I don't remember what the line was. So not a clue. What that is. Was it the full house? Oh, yeah. I love those Olsen twins. It was the full house thing. A full house. I love those Olsen twins. Apparently, I was not impressed with that line uh-huh. read. That's why I wrote it, wrote it down. I love those Olsen twins. Yeah, she definitely has a way that she delivers her lines that's a, just a bit much. Mm-hmm. Always, but it's just very good. Yeah. It's I, still very enjoyable, if not natural. I thought the line, three mommies and two daddies, was a great line. But the full house? Mm-hmm. I love those Olsen twins. I was just like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she and... She and um, 
Sean are playing cards. Oh, yes. Just for Sean reference. is teaching her to play poker, which is apparently a bad thing. Uh-huh. Is it bad to teach kids how to play poker? I don't see why. I guess there's connotations of gambling. Yeah. But we're about to blow the lid off that one in the next episode, so... See, I have this theory that I wanted to pass off about kids in poker. Poker is not a fun game. Like, it is not inherently fun it's unless really something is on the line. Like, the betting is what makes poker fun. And I think by... Well, let me... I used to work at a church a long time ago. And all of the young boys always wanted to play poker. And I was always like, why? Poker isn't that fun of a game. Why would you want to play poker when I've got, like, I've got board games? It's forbidden fruit chance. That's that's my thing. <clears throat> hey, that's what... It all connects. It all connects. It's all about the forbidden fruit. But I really do. I think, like, you're basically saying, by saying, oh, don't teach your kids about poker, you're basically saying, oh, those Make kids are going to Make them think stupid game is fun. Yeah. So anyway, that's been my whole thing about poker. I'm going to teach my kids to play poker tomorrow. Teach your kids to... To play <laughs> then poker. they don't care yeah if mom and dad play poker your kids probably don't want to play poker I'm yeah that's instantly uncool man um and then we've got uh sean uh the dad comes home alan i don't know why i keep forgetting his name today he comes home he's like the dad why are you playing cards with my daughter and <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> she's like sean was teaching me how to play go fish go fish i was teaching her to play go fish uh-huh. um so yeah, we can't do that. Um, Sean is in trouble because he says the library so, is closed uh-huh. or isn't closed. He but says that the library, the public library that closes at nine. No, the other one. No, the <laughs> the pri- the private library that closes at ten ten thirty. Um, which still, why would they leave? Why would they leave their little sister to go to the library? It's, it's just, a bad lie. It's just a bad lie. Yeah, but then Sean says the line, "Great, first time I'm ever in trouble with someone else's dad. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the last time he's in trouble with someone else's." dad no in the words of alan that brazen hussy are you calling sean a brazen hussy i (laughs) (laughs) it's just such a funny term (laughs) okay i mean it fits it fits and um the the boys get home they say they saw their mom on this big date they apparently watched her for a long time apparently never Never saw saw the the guy they recognized the shoes they said it was the shoes the big red spike heel yeah so shoes but it was dark and lots of curtains so they didn't see who she was with but could tell it was her and grapes Corey says something about grapes grapes like grapes hanging around i don't know i don't know what bougie is yeah i can't i can't think like does he mean like drapes But he reads it as grapes? I don't know. I, that line threw me. It's not a big deal. It's such a big deal. And then Sean walks home in Philadelphia at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Not a good thing. In fact, a very bad thing. But we do get an important piece of information. Sean only lives two blocks away. Mm-hmm. It's important. Actually, I had that written down. Um, yes, but then Corey and Eric let their dad know that they saw mom, in the words of Corey, with another guy. Yep. That's with it. another guy. Like, I just thought that was really funny. I think he did a great job. Ben Savage did. Yeah. In this moment of like being under all this pressure and just like cracking and just nervously like hand over his mouth and legs shaking. Yeah. He, he did a good job. Yep. Um, I think he did a great job too. I loved the dad pulling the f- arms down for him to keep confessing. Thought that was pretty funny. Um, they tell him and he then the mom gets home. Um, more questions about the geography of this house. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Why is she coming in the back when, when the dad came in the front? the front? And normally when they're coming in from the car i feel like they come in through that weird back door that we don't know where it leads mm-hmm. anyway it's a whole thing let's not worry about the geography of this house but yeah she so he goes up to meet her he's on scent it's not our main 
idea what? here. What? Isn't that the mise-en-scene? Just like the way the everything's set up, camera shots, and the way the scene's all set. Sure. I was never in drama. I don't know these things. Me neither. I took a film class once. I did competitive speech. It's really working out for me. Um, And then Alan goes out to confess that they are busted. Busted. And this is when he calls Amy a brazen hussy. Yep. Because they only caught... Amy, they didn't catch uh-huh. Alan. Um, I did think it was really funny on his way out when Eric's just like, I'm here for you, Dad. <laughs> yep. Just like, we're and, here for you. Uh, when they go up to the room, that that scene and then the scene in the room has me writing down Eric MVP? Question mark? <laughs> he is very funny. So those are my three MVP picks. I actually wrote down the note, maybe Eric is already dumb. <laughs> Explain uh, that note. I think we'll see why. Just because like Amy comes up and is explaining and she's like, the man I was with was your father. And Eric's like, dad's not our father. <laughs> yeah. yep. And then at the end when she's like, I'm going to go there. You got to go see a man in the backyard that I love. And Eric he like runs- rushes over to the window. And he's like, oh, it's, it's cool. It's dad. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Eric is dumb, but he's also great. Um, I love when they're looking out the window, and Corey's like, "Well, they're not yelling." Oh no, they're not. They're not yelling. As long as they're yelling, they've got a chance. He's smiling. Dad's smiling. Oh no! You know how Freddy Krueger always <laughs> smiles, smiles right before. <laughs> Yeah. I thought that was very funny. Uh-huh. And um, then we get the big lesson that things are not always as they seem. The lesson is not things are not always as they seem. The lesson is lying is okay if it makes you feel sexy and cool. I don't think that's the lesson. That's less- the lesson. Because <laughs> that is what the mom is like. Did you ever cut school off the record? And Corey says he did and he went to the mall. She's like, we've been to the mall so many times. But it like felt so much better when you weren't supposed to be there. I and wanna that's know, what makes it fun. I want to know how a grade school kid cut school i mean in the Corey's alternative friends he just kind of shows up at the end of the day so that's i mean that's a good point who even knows i cut school all the time in high school all the time i did not but how do you get away with that in grade school because the minute you don't show up they ring your parents true ah they sure do um yes but the message is not things are not always as they appear the message is lying is okay if it makes you feel cool and sexy but isn't the isn't the real overarching lesson that life's more complicated than simple answers nope because we found out that that math problem had a pretty simple answer (laughs) i i'm gonna go with the whole life is more complicated than simple answers please don't take this as me saying i don't enjoy this episode because this episode (laughs) is a delight and I loved it from start to finish, but it's a mess. It doesn't make any sense in its messaging. <laughs> I am genuinely delighted this is how this episode has gone. Um, when Corey gets up and gives his answer to the problem, I do have the note written, no, just no. These two things are not connected. They're not, I, because I, I've I, already given my reasons. I get what you're going for. I do. Okay, let's take Cameron's weird literalism out of the equation for a second. <laughs> I get what you're going for. That these two boys washing this car, there's a million different variations that makes the problem unsolvable. And Amy's whole, Amy and Alan's whole thing is lying made things more exciting. And even though lying is wrong, the excitement of keeping their marriage going. Like, but the only thing these two things have in common is they're more complicated than they appear. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take two complicated things. This episode, we're going to talk about the uh, Hadron Collider in CERN and, I don't know, a flower. They're pretty complicated when you get down to it. Yeah, the the biology of a cell, mitosis. There we go. We got those two things. Bada bing, bada boom. We got a Boy Meets World episode. Yes. Now, not 
not counting Cameron's literalism, which I'm finding very funny. I I'm get what they're like this. I get what they're going for. I really do. However, do I think it is successful in the end? No. <laughs> These th two things do not relate to each other, <clears throat> and you are really, really stretching to make them relate. Yes, but one more appearance by Minkus in the episode, though, because even as they come into class on that last day, he's on the board. He's like, "But I think I didn't figure out the problem, but I think I uh, somehow cracks time travel." Mm -hmm. and, and like so he's got the whole board written on and he's like going crazy yeah. with all of it and then the ending stinger of him repeating and repeating and repeating mm -hmm. I actually skipped that this week um, I just hit go to next episode wasn't thinking about it because mm. the option came up and then like halfway into the episode I, I remembered oh wait I missed the whole bit about Minkus repeating that mm -hmm. moment that I've always found so great it is great because um, I've always thought that was funny Mm -hmm. um, and I also really like the exchange between Cory and Topanga where she's like, did your spirit guide tell you the answer to? Yeah. My mom. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. That's today. Yeah. You're not going to listen to this on Mother's Day, but. Yeah. You'll hear this. Not like this ten, coming Ten Thursday. days after Mother's Day or so. Yeah. But we are recording this episode about the Matthews mom on Mother's Day. Totally, totally planned it that way. Well, if we would have planned it, we probably would have planned it for like coming out. That's why I, it was a joke. Yes. Yes, it is a joke. We don't plan anything. We're really bad at this. <laughs> All we're, right. just have, we're just two knuckleheads having a good time. So, there is one through line through these both of these episodes that I think is very important that I need the listeners to weigh in on. Minkus is wrong? No, pizza. <laughs> they push, push order the pizza. Oh, yes. They there's... order pizza in this episode. And they order pizza in the next episode. Uh -huh. So I want to know, all you Boy Meets World Fevers listeners out there, what's your favorite pizza? Do you like New York or Chicago? What's your favorite toppings? Maybe you get an unconventional sauce. I like extra sauce and Canadian bacon. Let me know yours. Cameron? Pizza is good. We usually at home go for just like a sausage. Because I mean, it's good, but my wife really likes it and the boys eat it well. But I, you know, ascribe to the Liz Lemon from 30 Rock school of thought. I don't like the word lovers. Unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Ooh, meat lover's pizza. See, I grew up in northern Montana, as I have discussed. And Canadian bacon pizza, pizza is everywhere in northern Montana. Like, what But they sausages? just call it bacon. <laughs> That's not true. That's a bad joke. But where what sausage is for down here is what Canadian bacon is for up there. So, like, it's kind of like the second choice to pepperoni. Uh-huh everywhere so i you guys always get sausage i always get canadian bacon we're always playing second fiddle to pepperoni at our house i guess everyone always is um but the pizza place that i got the pizza from today they were actually out of this topping but it is one of my new favorite toppings um anchovies i've gotten it one time no anchovies they all anchovies are is really salty it's not very good and i love fish i love everything fish but i've never had them so it's just really salty but i got a canadian bacon pizza and it's a new york style pizza place so new york style pizza canadian bacon with cut up fried cheese sticks on the pizza wow it was you can so see good. my face right now it's <laughs> revelatory it his face did just if there was a light bulb it would have been going off above my head but yeah they take like fried mozzarella sticks they cut them up they put them on the pizza as a topping oh it's good Glory V. I wanted it. They were out of it. I cried. You should have cried. I'm crying right now. But yes, that is your, our question for our listeners for this episode. What's your pizza prep? Give us that pizza prep. Yeah, what's your pizza prep? All right. All right, Chance. Final thoughts. Um, This is a very basic episode. 
It does better in the comedy the most. I don't care any a bit about the heartfeltness of it. I mean, there it is, is what there it is. is none. Um, the, the, the comedy is very funny. Um, I actually am enjoying it more in hindsight than I was watching it because of our discussion about Alan Fred. Good old Alan Fred. Um, because I'm finding that very fun to do. Um, so I think I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this episode up to a seven point five. I have six point five written down. I think I'm kicking it up. No, I'm I don't have to kick mine up. I despite my seeming sort of antagonistic view of this episode. That's not the right word, but very negative. You had some antagonism. In terms of its through line, it was bad, but I loved it. I laughed so much, just like consistently through it, like watching this by myself laughing out loud. It was, it was like that's That says something. So I give it an 8.5. Wow, 8.5. That's pretty high score. Even with a mess. A mess of a message. This is going to be, this is going to be a much higher tier episode than I thought it was going to be. Because I just, I had so much fun. So that's, an average of an eight. Uh-huh. That puts this up here there with Grandma was a Rolling Stone and Killer B. Killer B. Yeah. And I'll call I feel like I'm skewing them all high. My that, fault. That's all right. That's the system we've created. It's it, it is the grave that we will die in. That's a little morbid, but it okay. Was. Um, so what would what you, oh, name it? Yeah. I had trouble thinking of it. I ended up with Boy Meets Rendezvous. Ooh. Which is a play on Meets also. Boy Rendezvous. Oh, yeah. But Boy Meets Rendezvous. I feel like Boy Meets Lie. Like, lying. Lying comes in a lot later in the show. Not that we're supposed to know that, but I feel like it'd be better served later. I feel like I have a monopoly on the show titles, but I am going to hit you with one that I think is good. Boy Meets Alan Fred. <laughs> I like that because... Really, that's the heart of the episode. If there's no Alan Fred here, we have no episode. I, 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 I thought of some of the same things you did. I was like, Boy Meets... I was like, Boy Meets Affair. No, that's a little that's a extreme. Like, Boy Meets Lie. And then I was like, what's the what's the through line here? What do we start and stop with? Alan Fred. It really is. Bookends the whole episode pretty nicely. So what do you think? Boy Meets Alan Fred? I think so. You do kind of monopolize these, but I got you on the next one. Okay. I don't mean to monopolize them. Now, we need to nail down an MVP. And I oh, think this true. is hard. It is hard. What about... You didn't mention this. What about Amy? <clears throat> Amy is a good choice. She's not very funny, but she is the catalyst for the episode and she carries it well. Uh-huh. And it is Mother's Day. This isn't a pity for her because it's Mother's Day. But as I was watching it, I was like, she does a really good job. Like Betsy Randall. Yep, Betsy Randall. I just think she does a really good job in this role. And like, we really get to see it here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, MVP. Amy Matthews. <clears throat> Amy Matthews MVP. All right. Last thing. Timeline. Timeline. So I wrote nothing down for the I wrote timeline. two things down. You mentioned one, but I think it's important. Because when Sean walks home, it says he lives two blocks away. Yes. So we know Corey's neighborhood. It's generally pretty nice. So we know, based on this, he probably lives in a house. Yeah, similar. Similar kind of place. The other one, and I think this is going to be crucial... Okay. As we unpack the timeline in future episodes. And that is Minkus discovers the secret of time travel in the spring of 1995. Wait. Or is it 94? 94. The spring of 1994, (laughs) Minkus discovers the secrets of time travel. Late winter, though. Because in the next episode, it's February. It's February. That's true. I just knew it was after Christmas. Yeah. So, but yes. But. Late winter 94. He discovers it. It's in the episode. It's true. He flashes in and out. It's true. And we are taking everything as literal and canon. So we you're right. It. We need. This is this is the linchpin upon which everything hangs. One of the linchpins. But yes, I think, I think that's good. I think we do need Minkus Discovers Time Travel 
I think it's very important. I agree. Who knows what he does with that, but it's going to throw things for a loop. But we need to get that cemented down. Yes. So I didn't write down the Sean living two blocks away part as part of the timeline, but I think I should have. Um, I did write it down because I thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, I you're right. I forgot to write down. Mm. Mink has discovered a amateur. Amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am an amateur. Have you done this before? Like six times? That's true. As many times as I have. All right. Is that all we've got for this episode? That's all we've got. All right. Let's move on to episode 113. All right. Well, we're going to do episode 113, Risky Business, a movie title this time. Uh-huh. Just take those old records off the shelf. I'm really going to sing that part because, one, that was bad. And two, I don't want to pay for it. Yeah. We we would definitely sing it well enough that we would have to pay the royalties on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yes. Risky Business, Tom Cruise in his underwear. We all love it. I have never seen Risky Business. Me neither. Doesn't really seem my kind of movie, but I feel like that's just a touchstone, cultural touchstone yeah. of him sliding right there. I'm not going to lie to you. You said it doesn't seem like my kind of movie. I don't even know what kind of movie it is. I couldn't even guess. If you asked me what happened in that movie, I don't know. Maybe it's Home Alone with Tom Cruise. Oh, that is risky business. (laughs) It is. It is literally a risky business. Um, Um, But yeah, why don't you give us a synopsis? All right. A better one than my old one. Okay. So class assignment right now is dealing with the stock market and they have businesses that they've created and their job is to invest this fake money and see how it goes. Um, Corey and Sean are partners and they aren't doing a good job at all. Well, they haven't done anything. They haven't done anything which is why they're not doing a good job if you're supposed to do something over time and you're not doing it Mm -hmm. it's a bad job um but then they get into a bet with minkus where they're going to uh, invest and see who comes up with the most and then the winner's going to get some money and so they do and Corey um enters into the fast-paced world of horse races and betting on horse races like you do (laughs) like you do and so yeah that's that's the basic summary of the episode you're so much better at that than me. I know. And, you know, potato, potato. Potato, potato. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Um, I wrote almost nothing down about the very beginning, except that it happens. Mm-hmm. I wrote, I feel like the stock market as an assignment or something to understand in the sixth grade is a bit much. Yeah, I think it is a bit much, but I don't even <clears> know. <throat> is it an assignment about the stock market or is it just like you have a thousand fake dollars? Like, could you conceivably just like use that fake thousand dollars to invent a fake product and tell mr feeney like how you're advertising mm-hmm. how it goes does it right. necessarily have to be the stock market or is it just small business and minkus who is exceptional knows the stock market that could be true now that i think about it yeah that seems smart that was because i thought that too i was like the stock market i don't even know how. but the at the stock same time works. i feel like the writers of this show are just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall in terms of like what are they learning in class this week let's spin the wheel and see what's going on and this week it just landed on stock market and they kind of went from there stock market or general business because they do get an a for not investing in the stock market so (laughs) that's true but for gambling all their money on horse races i mean if you can do it well also why do coy and sean keep getting partnered together if it's been established that they don't work well together and not just established like they didn't just say it like we've seen it repeatedly that they don't work well together why does mr feeney keep letting them partner up 
See, I actually want to talk about this because you're a teacher. I have it from the student's perspective. Mm -hmm. Whenever there were partners in school. So I'm going to do the student perspective, especially from a slacker student. Whenever there were partners in school, my first thought was, please let them be assigned. Please let them be assigned. Please let them be assigned. And you may be thinking, wouldn't you want to pick your partner? No, I didn't. Because the minute they said assigned partners, my immediate next thought went to, please let girl I like be my partner. Please let girl I like be my partner. Please let girl I like be my partner. Now, if it wasn't assigned, I would go ask one of my buddies. Uh, Terrace, if you're listening, was often that person. But my first thought was always, please assign partners. Please make a boy girl. Please make girl I like be my partner. That, that was always what being what partnering. Mm-hmm. How does partnering go on the teacher side? I you I guess it's a mix. Sometimes I, mean, I I think I like to assign just because it lets you have a little more control of the group. So you're not like now all my brainy kids are going to be together and all my slackers are together. Like mixed grouping of like abilities, I think is good just to kind of help kind of your lower ones do better, maybe learn from the other students that they're in the group with. And some kids just don't work well together and it leaves you out of that moment of like, all right, who doesn't have a partner? If you don't have a partner, raise your hand and come to the middle. And and it's like, there's always those kids that people don't want to be their partners and that just like sucks. So I will try to avoid that as much as I can. Usually I do more than like a partner, like two, like if they're doing a project, like three or four. Mm -hmm. See, I always thought that would be smart to do three or four, but it rarely ever happened. I feel like we were always partnered with one other person. And like I said, I always just wanted to be ex-girl that I have a crush on. Mm. He's a simple man. Simple tastes. That that seems... That seems unseemly. It's true. I'm so sorry. I know. No, no, it's true. Sorry, world. No, I meant sorry for them. (laughs) You're nasty. But they didn't need to hear me say that. Uh, (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, I I was really curious about that. Um, Then we get... Um, they leave the classroom. We're in that weird hallway set again that's really, really tight. Uh-huh. And, and Minkus is really close to Topanga. He, he is really close to Topanga, and I love his crush. I think his crush I is great. I am a provider, babe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Minkus. The people who wrote Big Bang Theory should have based more on Minkus and less on, like, the Saved by the Bell nerd. Uh-huh. Minkus is just competent. He's confident. He just he knows what he know. He knows what he needs. He knows what he wants. And he goes for it. Yeah. I actually think this is the reason that Lee Norris was cut from the show, though. Because this was not the 90s betrayal of nerd that they wanted. The 90s is a weird kind of anti-intellectual time. Like if you watch Friends, especially in the first few seasons, every one time someone says something smart, it's like a joke, and now that person should be put down. Mm-hmm. Or like they talk about going to the museum and they're like, yeah, gift shop. Uh-huh. Or like anytime Ross is saying something about his job and dinosaurs and all these things, which if I had a friend who was a paleontologist, that'd be kind of cool. I would think. Yeah. But they're always just like, oh, this is so boring. Oh, what a lame what a nerd. Yeah. Who cares about dinosaurs? Um, um, have you heard of Jurassic me? Park, buddy? I just got that book. I really want to read it. It's just such a good movie. It is a good movie, but apparently the book is great, too. He wrote uh, Jurassic Park and Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they're both really great. Anyway. Someday. Yeah. Maybe. Boy Meets World Fever Book Club. Read Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. Anyway. Or don't. Be cool. 
Don't read. Oh no. Nerds um, are dumb. But yeah. I, read is stupid. I feel like just joking. if Minkus was a more stereotypical nerd, if he was a more saved by the bell screech who got beat up and bullied and all this, I feel like he would have survived the show. I'm curious too, just knowing where Cory and Topanga go, if it was like trying to avoid sort of a triangle. Maybe. Maybe. Because I mean, I guess you never really see Topanga reciprocating mm-hmm. Minkus's affections. Yeah, I think she's more just I think she's more just proud of him that he's confident enough to make them. <laughs> Good for you, Minkus. I'm going to let you flirt boldly with me because I'm proud of you for doing so. I've actually got relationships <laughs> quite similar to that with friends. Anyway, okay, fair enough. Um so that happens and then they decide to um have a bet. Yeah. Where they're going to... A student bet, not a teacher's bet. A student bet, yes. No teacher's bet in this episode. No racial slurs in this episode. No racial slurs. Um, Where they're going to... Do they decide they're going to put their real money? Yes, they're going to use $10, mm. um, which is their combined allowance, or as much as uh, Sean and Corey can afford. Uh-huh. I think Minkus is probably rich. I have no idea. Anyway, they're going <laughs> to... They're going to put $10. They're going to see who makes the most of it. And whoever wins gets $10. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's really funny as they're doing all this. And then Topanga's like, as your business partner, I'd like to like get to be a part. And then Mikas explains, like, me against them in a battle of wits. And she's like, $300,000. That's what I want to bet on this. You got to say, she has faith in the boy. Uh-huh. She has faith in the boy. Turns out to be misplaced. Yes. But. Well, here's Minkus's problem. The stock market ain't going to return that fast. And the stock market isn't even going to register $10. What would you buy? Half an Apple stock? Back then? You could probably get a few. I don't know. Macintosh was pretty big you in could the get, 90s. You could get several shares of Amazon. Was Amazon even around in 94? 94, I think, is when it... Or was it 96? I want to say it was 94. Yeah. So you could you could turn that $10 into stuff. But it would obviously take a long time. But it would take a long time. With a week's bet. A one-week bet. Yeah, stock market's not the way to go, Minkus. You're so smart. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's not what he did. Maybe that was just their yeah. project, but they were going to do it another way. Uh-huh. I also have a question of whether or not you could put $10 on a horse race. That seems really low, but maybe you could. I don't know. I mean, Sean knows a guy. Yeah. His uncle's, his uncle's looking out for him. Yeah, his uncle It was Frank. also funny where after this was done, and um, Minkus is like, there's a sucker born every minute. To, to that, that minute. minute. <laughs> and then they walk away. Yes, and then Sean says his uncle does horse races and does really well. And Corey points out, like, why does he live in a trailer then? <laughs> yep. If you so not saying Sean lives in a trailer because uh-huh. I almost made that mistake. Yeah, Sean's, Sean's uncle, lives, uncle in lives in a trailer. The story points are coming together though. Yeah, I think we're gonna weave them later on in the timeline. But I think we're seeing in the last episode, last few episodes till now, sort of the downward trajectory of Sean's fortunes. Yeah. And well, yeah, they're making Sean into away from good hair boy or boy who will eventually be named Sean. Mm-hmm. And they're making him real. And I, I gotta tell you, love him in every scene. I think Ryder Strong kills it every time. Uh-huh. I think he is, I think he's got great comedic timing. Um, last episode and this episode, see the first times of him doing that whole like running both hands uh-huh. through his hair thing. Ooh, dreamy. I'm just, he's becoming the Sean that we know. Uh-huh. Which I, once again, I know i said he's this in before. trouble with someone else's dad. Yep, exactly. Which I've said before, I did not realize it took this long. I did not realize yeah, I guess looking in hindsight, it's like that's who he is and like always is. Yeah. You don't see the development. You don't see the 12, 13 episodes it's taken to get there. Yeah. Get Sean to where he is. But yeah, so the next scene is in the kitchen. It starts out with, uh, does it start with Eric or does it end with Eric? Uh, Eric comes in Right first. away? No, no, they, um, 
because I have a note. Well, I have several notes. You find out it's Valentine's Day. It does end in Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends with Eric. Okay, it I ends with so. Eric. Um, you find out it's Valentine's Day that Corey's parents have pet names for each other. Yes, one being Boom Boom, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the other being Pooh Bear. Yes, <clears throat> which Sean finds delightful. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, yes, and then we, um, just get the setup that, uh, they're going to be going out on a date. Alan and Amy are, so they need Corey to babysit. And he's almost 12. Amy said she was 12 when she babysat, so Corey can do that. Yep. And, uh, well, right before that, Sean and Corey win. Oh, yes, they win. So they get... $99. Which I'm guessing... I don't know how that works, because if they invest... Normally you get a round number, is what I'm trying to say. So they mm-hmm. must have taken tax out, or maybe the bookie took a part of it. Maybe it was like a 12 to 1 shot. They turned their $10 into 120 and he took 21 of it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But somehow, they only got $99, which I don't really get, but whatever. Well, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, they... They win. They get $99. Then the mom comes. Uh-huh. Amy comes. Like, well, okay. It pays $2 an hour. But he's just one ninety nine, which she doesn't know. Uh-huh. Keep the two bucks. Buy yourself a nice dress. Right. <laughs> so again, Corey has no idea what money is. No, no clue what money is. Um, and then we see, after she leaves, Corey and Sean do their dance. Do their handshake for the first uh-huh. time. Which is a wonderful gift. Yes. It's a great Tweet gift. that gift. It's a great gift. It's a great moment. Cameron and I have already decided that eventually we're going to learn to do it. Yes. Someday. Just now. Well, no, we, we decided before the, we started the podcast. Oh, okay. That we'd have to learn it. I was like, I don't remember this, but I'm just going to yes and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we will eventually learn to do it, even though we are old and don't want to move that much. Mm-hmm. But then Eric comes in. Yep. Saying. With his girl problems. Yeah. Girl problems. He tripped and fell onto a girl and French kissed her. Yep. And now this other girl that was her friend won't go out with him. Yep. Yeah. The, How terrible. The hottest girl in 10th grade, he says. Or the prettiest girl in 10th grade. Maybe they didn't use the word hot. I don't know. And he asks Sean, why won't you go out with me? And Sean replies, I'm a little bit country. You're a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> What's Sean doing making an Osmonds reference? That is Donnie and Marie Osmond. That's their whole thing. Uh huh. But it's so funny. It is very funny. But there's no way Sean knows who the Osmonds are. Hey, I'm, was that TV? A TV show? I don't TV show? even know. Because I just feel like even when you watch Friends, they watch TV a lot in Friends, and they're watching like Green Acres, like really old TV. And I think it's. I remember growing up watching a lot of old TV. Like, that's just kind of what you did. Didn't help that we didn't have very many channels. And so we were kind of stuck with whatever it was. But I just feel like today, like, my kids probably aren't going to know what a lot of those really old shows were that I used to watch. Partly because it was all we had. Like, we're never going to probably sit down and be like, kids, this is the Beverly Hillbillies. You guys need to know what this is. Because it's not really part of the culture anymore. In a way that kind of those older black and white TV shows still were for quite a while. Yeah. I honestly don't know if Donnie Marie Osmond was ever a show or not, which is weird because my mother is the biggest Donnie Osmond fan on the planet. Like, I knew who Donnie Osmond was before I knew, like, who Bob Seger was, which, if you know me, I'm a big classic rock snob, and that's a big deal, but... <laughs> if you don't, you're like, well, interesting pull there, Chance. Um, but yeah, so my mom is a huge Donnie Osmond fan, but I don't know... I, even I don't know anything about the Donnie and Marie show. I know they perform in Branson a lot. I, that's more than I know. Donnie Osmond was in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. That's his big thing. That in the '90s he was in that, and that led to him being in um, doing the music for what was that show movie? I don't know. Uh, Mulan. He. Oh yes. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Uh, I'll make a man out of you, Mulan. Business. I'm not gonna sing anymore. But those either. those were his big 
like 90s things. Mm-hmm. And I think they were much later in the 90s. Yeah, Mulan was later. Yeah. 97, 98, probably. Anyway, I, a do, an Osmonds reference really threw me through a loop. Maybe the Osmonds... But well, I feel like that is a saying... Like, I didn't know that was the Osmonds. Yeah. But was... I know that saying. So it's like something that has expanded beyond them. I know that they would come out singing and she'd be like, I'm a little bit country. And he'd go, I'm a little bit rock and roll. And that was like <laughs> their big thing. That Donnie was and wonderful. Thank you. Do- Bye, Donnie and Marie. It's so good that you decided to drop by and sing us that song. Yes. Oh, yes. We had a great time. See you later. Um, this is going to be the start of our Osmonds podcast. Um, they just visited. I don't know. What you're talking about. They were just here. Uh, Did you guys hear that? That was amazing. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. Uh, I do know a lot about the Osmonds. And no, I do not actively listen to them. Although Puppy Love is not a bad song. If you want to listen to Donny Osmond's Puppy Love, it's not bad. Donny, you want to come back in here and sing sing a few bars? I don't know it well enough to do that. That was Donny saying it, not me. I'm not a fan of that one. Um, but yes, yeah, so anyway, that that threw me through a loop. They do the handshake. What's next? I feel like I want to keep talking about Donny Osmond, but... <laughs> I just remembered he was in an episode of Johnny Bravo. But again, we need to move on. He was in it. Oh my gosh. I repressed this. No, he was Mary Poppins and then he came back for the Christmas episode. Because he like floats down on an umbrella. This is not a Donny Osmond podcast. But I have repressed this episode and now I am delighted that it's back. Yes. So, we need to move on. We do. Um, We get the first It I'm Blank Boy in this scene. I'm Risk Boy. Yep. Which... Again, another attempted catchphrase for Corey that they use a couple times and then drop. Yeah, it doesn't really. He's just not a catchphrase guy. No. It's not a catchphrase show. No. Like I said, we got the Feeny call. It's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. And that didn't even happen that many times. No, not as many times as the show is kind of famous for. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then we move on to the next scene and they... Um... Oh, Yes, we do move on to the next scene. Why have they not erased that board? The board... It still has their dot. Well, it still has the happy face that Topanga drew Uh the day before. It was just such a good happy face. But Minkus is like sour. I have to know when she goes, I think they were very bold. And Minkus goes, Gold Digger. I have to know, wow, is Minkus kind of toxic? Like, he doesn't get what he wants and he just turns on him? Sour Minkus is bad Minkus. Yeah, I don't like toxic Minkus. I don't no. like. I love Minkus, so I don't like thinking of him as one of those toxic nerds. Uh-huh. His confidence is backfiring on him, though. It is. It is, and it's showing that it may not have been real confidence to begin with. I am a provider, babe. I just like to think they're two different Minkai. <laughs> Minkuses. But yeah, so uh, Feeny is fairly impressed with them. I mean, not like he's not condoning what they're doing, but mm-hmm. but he's like, this is something. You took a risk. Well, and it's... I I think he validates it as like... I mean, yeah, you can do this. It's not something I recommend. Uh Uh-huh. True. Um, Yeah, but then it all spirals out where they decide they're going to take the money that they won and put it on another horse race. Yes. So they're going to bet on another horse race. There is another scene in the living room Uh where they make this choice where Eric comes in. And talks about how he got the date by shoving himself in the locker. Again, as someone who skipped a lot of school, you can't just... You can't just be gone for three periods. Like, I skipped a lot of school successfully, but I had to talk to Truman's the officers. I had to lie to uh, secretaries at the school who were calling for me. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Skipping school is a lot more work than you think it is. These joke schools on TV make it seem so easy. 
Um, but yes, I have our question from this episode because this is actually when we learn that Amy calls Alan Pooh Bear. Yes. Yeah, because she's Boom Boom and he's Pooh Bear. Uh-huh. Uh, this is where I got my question because you're normally the question guy. I am, but I fell I fell down on the job. I texted Chance was like, "You have to ask the questions because I don't I can't I can't but think of any." Here's my question, and it's probably really bad, but I think it can produce some funny answers. If you were gonna pick your own pet name, what would it be? <laughs> I don't even know. I would want to be Spartacus. Okay, Spartacus. <laughs> Let's go with it. I, if, if I ever get married, I want my pet name to be Spartacus. <laughs> Has this been a thing you've always thought? No, I thought to myself, what do I want my pet name to be? And then the scene from Spartacus came up in my mind where everyone stands up and says, I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that. That's the one. I don't know. I've never thought of this. Sarah and I just call each other babe. That's so boring. That's not Boom Boom and Pooh Bear. Exactly. (laughs) Mr. and Mrs. Liner, what are your pet names for each other? Help your son out. Help me out, Mom and Dad. Um, gosh. I don't know. (laughs) You keep thinking. Okay, I probably won't. I'm going to deathly avoid this question. You're going to deathly avoid this question. (laughs) You're wearing a Ron Swanson t-shirt, so I thought Ron might be a good pet name for me. I I mean, it is the last three letters of my first name. I'm going with Ron. Ron is a great pet name. Sarah, call Cameron Ron. Hey, Ron. hate you, Ron. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. The McElroy brothers have ruined it. I love you, Ron. Quick, no one who listens knows who the McElroy brothers are. They don't need to know. Um, yes, so... Don't listen to them. Listen to us. So we get this scene. I don't really have anything else to say about this scene. Uh-huh. I did think it was funny. It was like a real chip off the old boom boom. <laughs> real chip. Which was really funny. <laughs> You're a real chip off the old boom boom. Uh, yes, that's Eric That wanting... was Sean. Well, no, but it's Eric wanting to make poetry. Uh-huh. And him being really bad at it and Corey finishing his poem. There once was a guy in a lock. Who got himself a date. date. What a shocker. (laughs) You're a chip off the old boom. Which is, okay, you may know this because you're an English guy. Is there once was a man named Nantucket a real poem or is it just like a kid's poem? I think it's a dirty limerick. Yeah, it's got to be right. Mm -hmm. You just think of things that rhyme with Nantucket. Yeah. Okay, anyway, we don't need to go there. I'm pretty sure it's real. Because that's the cadence that I get, is there once was a man named Tuckett. Uh-huh, that's a, that's a limerick. So it's like, rhyme, rhyme, like two lines that rhyme, two lines that rhyme different, and then a final line that rhymes with the first two. Okay. So it's a five-line poem. I do a lot, I, I write a lot of poetry. Saying that was hard for me. Ooh, Sean. Sean! But it's never structured poetry until we started our haiku mm. thing. He's more of a beatnik slam poet. No, but, um... Rats. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, haikus. We're, we're very practiced in haikus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then we're back up in the room. They've got their money on a horse. Uh-huh. Neck Sean, flap. Neck flap. Uh, Sean is shaking. Um, he's so nervous, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. So they're announcing, oddly enough, the fifth race is the one they were looking for. And yeah. just after Pensico? the... Yeah, but it's like the first thing they announce after the hockey game is the fifth race, not like the first race or the second. I don't know how horse races work. Maybe that's well, the I just imagine. One. I don't know. But they're about to find out who wins, and they say no, nah! and they he, Corey rips the cord on the radio out of the wall as he's like, I gotta know. And so they're like, Who won? Who won? And Corey, um, Sean's reading the horses, and mm-hmm. it's just really funny. It's like all these horses that start with nah. Yeah, Nando. And he gets to the last one. He's like, oddly enough, a horse called nah. 
And oddly, a horse, oddly enough, a horse called Nun. But they win. They got like 600 something dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, $680. Which is fun, I guess. I mean, for two 11-year-old boys. That's a bunch of money. You know, I can barely imagine $680 now. I, just, I got my government stimulus and all of it went to student loans, so. Hey, that's nice, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice chunk of change to give to my student loans, I'll, I'll admit. But, um, and then Corey gets really obsessed with money. Mm-hmm. So they start counting the money. He starts answering the phone. Corey Two to one, that phone rings again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it turns out, says. yeah, because Alan and Amy are on their Valentine's date. Mm-hmm. And Amy has said, meet me at the place where you proposed. And they can't seem to find each other. Yeah. So we'll get to that in the end. But that's that's what's going on there. Um, but Corey is babysitting Morgan. Yeah. And Morgan comes in as Corey's counting his money. And she's just like, you're new at this. So I, I'll give you a break. But you're supposed to entertain me. Yep. She is, she is livid <laughs> that he will not entertain her. And his response is putting a pillow on his $680 and saying, I'm not doing anything illegal. <laughs> As you do. As you're you, doing something illegal. As you do. Which I, That's what um, Breaking Bad is all about. Yeah, it's all about the effects of gambling on Corey and John. Uh-huh. And he's like, I'm not making meth. No. I'm not doing anything illegal. We live in the Boy Meets World universe. There is no such thing as meth. <laughs> That's true. Alcohol is the hardest drug. Mm-hmm. Just like in real life. Anyway. But yes, um, then... They keep, the parents keep calling, and then Sean calls. Lenny Dykstra, who I looked up, was a player for the Phillies at the time, is at... Bob Stoop Checks Pizza World. Bob Stoop Checks Pizza World. This episode brought to you by Bob Stoop Checks Pizza World. Um, I need someone out there to tell me who Bob Stoop Check is. Because I feel like I've heard the name before, but I may just have heard the name... It's come up in this show before. Yes. But I googled Bob Stoop Check in every spelling I can think of. Every time it was like, do you mean Bob Stoops? Now, I do live in Norman, so maybe Google's just like... you. Live in Norman. You must you, but only people in Norman only care about OU. Yes. But I could not find anything about who Bob Stoopcheck is. So if you guys know, tweet at us, email at us at BG World Fever, BG World Fever at gmail.com. Yes, Bob Stoopcheck. Who, who is, is it? Is um, he a coach? Bob Stoops is a coach. We know that one. We we got that one. Um but so Corey is going to go get some rookie cards of Lenny Dykstra signed at Bob Stoopcheck's Pizza World. But Morgan is not wanting to play along because she's been hurt. He's ignored her. He has not entertained her. So she's like not even leaving the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Her favorite place to mope. Yeah. She does mope in the boys' bathroom a lot. I imagine there's a door on the other side that connects to her room. Oh, I think that's probably true, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. how I envision it. I think you're right. I think that even comes up later on. It's a shared bathroom. But anyway, he's right. She's moping in there. So he says, five cupcakes says you'll be all right on your own. You won't. You'll, you you won't can leave. stay here alone and not get into any trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says, make it six. Yep. She, she ups him and he says, deal. And so he runs off to get the card signed. Just a really cute moment with Morgan. So you say cute. This was so anxiety inducing for me. <laughs> well, cute up to a point. Yes. When she leaves the front door open and like runs into her house with the front door open, my anxiety was just That's like. That's true. So she no, like goes shut and the waves door. goodbye shut to Corey, but then leaves the door open, goes and turns on the stereo, gets up on the couch and is dancing with her doll, waving it all around, tosses it, smashes into a vase and busts open the back door. Mm-hmm. The door that we don't know where it goes. The door that can't go anywhere. Uh-huh. The door to nowhere. Busts open and she panics. She makes the Macaulay Culkin home alone face, you know, hands. Oh, Macaulay Culkin just came to life in our, <laughs> in our room. Ah! But she doesn't scream. Yeah. Um, uh, my one note about this 
scene, other than that it's super anxiety-inducing to have a little girl home alone with the door open, is the music just stops. How does how does that happen? Not even a record scratch. Yeah, it's just like, oh no, this is bad. Music cuts off. Uh-huh. Um, maybe the pot... No, I can't make maybe it Maybe the doll hit the stereo, then the pot. Ooh, there we go. Had to be. That's better. But yeah, she breaks the back door, the mm-hmm. window on the back door, and then Corey gets back. Apparently this is the closest pizza place in the world. I mean, Sean got there really fast. Yeah, Sean got there super fast. Uh, but then Corey is like, this isn't good. The front door was closed when I got here. Morgan's doll is right there against a smashed vase and the back door is all busted open. Like, this isn't good. Like, yeah. my sister is gone. She's not upstairs. He runs to Mr. Feeney. It's like, this is bad. This is bad. My sister's been kidnapped. And then he says... She's fine. She's up in the treehouse. But they not have a really Corey's like, cute I, scene. I bet on something I shouldn't have. Like, something that was too important. Mm-hmm. Oh, did something, I didn't. took a risk I never should have. That's that's it. Yeah. And they have a really cute scene where he hugs her and she says too tight, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> too tight. And uh, then they talk about how, yeah, Morgan did a bad thing, but Corey did a worse thing. So Corey's going to take the rap for mm-hmm. the bad thing that Morgan did. They have a cute moment of reconciliation. Yeah, it's, it's really good. nice. I was I wrote down Corey's a good brother. Yep, Despite his brother. lapse of judgment, like he is like, I messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to own up to it. Like that's a big thing for an 11 year old yep. to do. To have that kind of self-awareness. Um, and we never see that level of self-awareness in Corey again. Maybe not. <laughs> Ever. Uh, maybe not. You might be right. Um, so this is when the parents return and we get the argument about the proposal. Cameron, where did you propose? It was at a park in Stillwater. Stillwater, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Not Minnesota. Not Minnesota. There's many Stillwaters actually. Is there? There's a bunch. Stillwater, Minnesota is just a pleasant name. It's biblical. Sort of. Yeah. Semi. So it's just, you know, it makes sense. Um, yeah. But it was at a park. Was it Boomer Lake? No. It was sort of on near uh, downtown. Okay. Sure. There's lots of parks near downtown. So I know exactly where it happened. Okay, so you could you could do this. Uh-huh. Good. I just wanted to know. Yeah. Sarah hasn't been proposed to by anybody else, so she wouldn't be thrown off either. You you guys would know right where to meet. Uh-huh. I mean, Sarah would probably be a little bit mad at you that you're both driving separately to Stillwater. Right. That'd be a bit of a problem. But, yes, turns out Amy and Alan went to different restaurants. Amy's very mad at Alan that he would forget where he proposed. And he's like, how could I possibly forget that I proposed to you at such and such place? Shayla Fleur. Shayla Fleur. Another... Sounds too bougie for me dynamite name and he says i went to phil's grill i thought that's where it's I a proposed. delightful name actually yeah phil's grill that could be real i want to go there um and this then brought to you by phil's grill <laughs> phil's grill bob stupchak speeds world la bougia <laughs> and shayla floor and shayla floor all of them brought to you this episode These the undies two episodes. you got people to compete with i'm just saying yeah um anyway so yeah they have this argument and then she realizes oh no i'm wrong yeah i'm wrong it i got proposed to by someone else at shayla floor <laughs> i do it before we get there though okay it's always it's so interesting to me like they kiss when he apologizes for having it wrong before they, she realizes that she's the one that's wrong. And the whole audience, it's just like this small little kiss. And the audience is just like, ooh. Why? Are they told to? I, I You know, was this filmed in front of a live audience or is it just tracks? I, I don't know. We should look that up because I don't know. Ooh. But I mean, they cheered a lot for Beavis and Butthead. It's true. But again, they could have just been tracks. That'd be a really weird thing to do if it was tracks. I mean, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, Big Bang Theory had no audience. It was just tracks the whole time. But I've seen videos were there in front of an audience. Oh, well, at least I... I, I mean, and I know Girl Meets World was at least in front of an audience a little bit, right? Oh, no, now I don't know. We'll have to find out. But it's just very interesting that the whole crowd is like, 
Ooh, they're kissing. It was the 90s. You still had to have separate beds and stuff. Yes. I don't know. But yeah, it was. They they got pretty extreme, the ooh. Uh-huh. But then it comes comes out that she was proposed to by another man. Mark Braithwaite. Just the name. It's right up there. She who will not be named. Oh, no. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> uh, Mark Braithwaite is a great name. It really is a great I, name. Braithwaite is wonderful. Uh, she could have been Amy Braithwaite, and this could have been the Braithwaite family. Uh-huh. Corey Braithwaite. I like Matthews better. Yep. And, um, then, and then they're back in class where Corey and Sean got an A on their assignment because they bet all their money on the horses. Yep, they did that. They ended up winning. <laughs> and then Sean, they're like, any advice? And Sean says, they say it's about the jockey, but I say, give me a horse that can run in the mud. Yep. And then Mr. Feeney's just like, bravo. <laughs> bravo. <laughs> yeah, he is not terribly amused by that. No. Um, Corey kind of has this realization of like risk can be good, but some things shouldn't be risked. Yeah. See, now this, I actually think these two story threads tie yeah, together pretty together. well. I think that this show has a more, a stronger reputation of like what they're learning in school relating to their lives than is actually present in the show itself. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a, a hindsight thing. But this time, I think it, it actually works. does. Again, looking ahead too much, I feel like Girl Meets World does it, but they're not coy about it at all. Yeah. They are literally calling it out. But I think that has to do with the reputation that Boy Meets World yeah. built. I think, yeah, I think Girl Meets World calls back to the idea a lot that, oh, in the original, Mr. Feeney was really teaching them about our lives. But I don't think in the original, like, I think that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, like, Killer B isn't really about their lives at all. It's just about... Geography. school uh-huh. and geography and like the last episode tried to be about that did it work yeah it didn't really work um i actually think girl meets world does a much better job of that thing because mm-hmm. they're not coy about it yeah it, it, but and it's also much more of a caricature of the idea mm-hmm. it's just very yeah, they even make fun of the idea yeah right out uh so it works a little better Minkus is still moping because he lost. Uh-huh. But I have to say, I don't think I've heard before, and I don't think we ever hear again, but uh, Sean calls Minkus Stu. Oh, does he? I just think that's really funny. <laughs> He's like, hey, Stu. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever do that again. Gives him a valentine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mr. Feeney and Minkus are looking at the valentine, and it just says, turn around. And there come Corey and Sean with the like the little Nerf ball yeah. blasters. And then Mr. Feeney runs to his desk, and he pulls one out and is blasting back. Which he clearly is confiscated. Clearly, a kid, right? Of that's course. What we're, that's what we're thinking. <laughs> but it's just so so funny. Just this image of William Daniels running to his desk and pulling out this Nerf gun and just <laughs> shooting back. Yeah, and the freeze frame that they do for the very end with his face like <laughs> it's really it's like he's having a flashback to Vietnam. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, man, was Feeney in Vietnam? He would have been around the right age. Korea, more likely. Yeah, Korea, Vietnam. Anyway, um, and that's, I mean, that's the episode, right? Uh-huh. That's um, pretty much it. Corey gives his mom a flower. Alan gives us... Her a bunch of flowers. A bunch of flowers. make out on the couch and everyone goes, ooh. I'll say this. The Matthews parents are delightfully horny. <laughs> Oh my god. Which, you know, I mean, it's good. I mean, in that married. other episode where he's like, I'm grounded. She can't ground you, Dad, in a way. 
Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying they have they have a healthy desire for each other because they keep it fresh by lying to their children. Because they keep it. Have you lied to Nolan yet to keep things fresh? No, I'm just saying maybe you should lie to Nolan more. He can't really lie to Nash. What would he? Well, trying to teach them not to lie. Well, you don't want to get caught lying, Cameron. Come on. Just seems like bad advice. Um. Well, you should always take my parenting advice. Mine yes. above all and others. marriage advice. I know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so final thoughts. Um, I liked this episode probably better than the last, but now I'm questioning that. Um, I think it's very funny. I think the moral and the um, lesson mesh really well. I think everyone kind of gets a moment to shine here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm going to give this one a 7.5 as well. That's what I gave it to. Yeah, I think originally I had 6.5 and 7. Um, in hindsight, talking about them, this one w- went up a little bit in my estimation, and the last one went up quite a bit in my estimation. Because so, Alan Frank. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to say 7.5. What about you? I said 7.5 too. Okay. What Do you have final thoughts? No, I mean, I just like it again i felt like both these episodes are really funny yeah not we are kind of getting into the like now season one has a structure Mm-hmm. And it may be a little less interesting to talk about than the unstructured episodes. Um, but I think it's gotten into a groove where it's very enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of good laughs. Got their rhythm figured out. Yep. So I'm going to go with 7.5. Uh, I, I finally did it. I finally did it. MVP Corey. I think it's yeah, got Yeah, I think his bravado of, I am Risk Boy. Yeah. just like... Risk, risk, risk. Reward, reward, reward. Um, yeah, just I feel like he did a really good job. Yeah, I think the actor did a good job. I think the the arc of his character over the episode was very believable, not forced. Uh-huh. I just finally, and maybe one of the only times we don't know. We really don't. But MVP Corey, he did it. Corey it took him thirteen episodes. It took you thirteen episodes, and you're the main character of the show. But you're our MVP. Look at you. Look at you. I'm so proud. Now you, I actually struggled with the title for this one, and I have one. But what it was yours. Well, now I'm going to change it because I had Boy Meets Risk and Boy Meets Gambling, but mm-hmm. then I just think Boy Meets the Ponies. Ooh, Boy Meets the Ponies. I like that. I had Boy Meets Net Flat, so. <laughs> Boy Meets Nut. <laughs> Boy Meets Nut. But I like the Ponies. Yeah, Boy Meets the Ponies. I like that. I did it. I got an episode title in there. You've gotten them before. I just feel like I normally get them because mm-hmm. you're thinking literally and I'm thinking comedically. Yes. Well, the early ones were very, um... Yeah. Boy Meets His Dad. Stuff like that. Boy Meets Grandma. Mm-hmm. But... And then we came up with Boy Meets Leonard Spinelli again. Uh-huh. We came with that together. Yes. Which is a very good title. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you said you had something for Timeline on this one. Yes. Which I... We already mentioned it was just Sean's uncle lives in a trailer. Yep. Sean's Uncle Frank or Frankie Two Toes. Um, if, if I you, tell you, I have to kill you. Yeah. If he tells you why, he'd have to kill you. All right. And that's... That's the episodes. Those are the risky business. Very musical episode. I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. I said I think they're already done us, but I made sure to emphasize the nah because the horse. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I I got that. I saw what you were doing. You know, subtlety's good, but sometimes you want to just point it out and say, "Hey, look at this time. I was really subtle." Yeah. Uh, if you have a horse called Nut out there, please tweet at us. We'd love to meet your horse called Nut. Um, but yeah, that's that's these two episodes. Um, not a ton to talk about, but still a lot of fun. We enjoyed ourselves. Did some math. Did some math that I was not expecting we do. Um, Don't know why you weren't expecting that, Chance. Uh, well, I guess I took the, the problem at the face value. That's why you fail. 
<laughs> I mean, I would pass Feeney's class. I'm just saying. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so follow us at BG World Fever on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, BGWorldFever at gmail.com. Um, I'm trying to start a TikTok for us, uh, mostly for video editing. Um, but sometime this week, you should see a video of Alka-Seltzer and Perrier being combined mm-hmm. to see what that does. And I'm going to put that on TikTok. Well, I'm going to make the video on TikTok and then post it to all the normal social media. Because mm-hmm. I don't think our target demographic has TikTok. Uh-huh. Definitely not. Uh, but you can share the videos and they're really edit- easy to edit on there, which yeah. is the main reason. Um, There's a lot of good good videos coming out of there. So. Mm, probably some bad stuff. Yeah. I, I was on it for a little while. Not like doing stuff, but just watching it. And mm-hmm. there's, there's some creative stuff. Yeah. Kids are being creative and that's not a bad thing. No, not a bad thing. Um, but yeah, so you can follow us on TikTok, I guess. Uh, the TikTok is made at BG World Fever. I don't know how much is going to get posted on there. I have a few ideas. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yep, but so follow us. Um, answer our questions today of your best pizza. Yeah. What is your pizza? Is it stuffed crust? It can be anything. Tell us. Tell us what your favorite pizza and is. If you could choose a pet name for yourself. This is I'm why. Ron. He's Spartacus. That's yeah. what we're going to go by on this show now. Yep. So I'm Ron. No, I'm Ron. You're Ron. You're right. I'm Spartacus. I am Spartacus. <laughs> no, I am Spartacus. <laughs> we are all Spartacus. That's everyone's pet name. All right. Well, I guess that's it for the episode. I'm Spartacus. And I'm Ron. <laughs> so long, world. So long, world.